Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm John. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. And today on the show, we're going to be talking a lot about the last episode of Galactic Driftwood. The last Galactic <laughs> Driftwood, huh? We're ending well, are we the ending show? On, a good, on a great point? Well, of, like, after the comic book men, we're just done now? That's news to me. Uh, I think that's, we have that stays in. I think we have the opener for the show. That's staying. That's staying in. We're yeah, that's moving a, forward. We're not doing this again, to, Bill. Great not, way we're to not doing it again. Show. I hate to surprise you guys with that information, but <laughs> a surprise to me. <laughs> Fine, we're done. <laughs> we all rage quit. sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm John. Charles. I'm Seth. Jenna. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about Westworld. Uh, season three just finished up. And uh, I think uh, the majority of us anyway, John, uh, Charles, Linda, and myself, um, finished uh, season three. Uh, Why you gotta week? call me out like that, Bill? Go ahead. Well, you know, I want people to be able to point fingers where fingers should be pointed. Uh, I, I tried. I and tried. and <laughs> Seth tried is uh, what midway through season one. Yeah. It was kind of funny because as we were getting ready to start the show, we were talking about uh, we were doing some testing on Zoom here to try to get it to be able to record in grid mode, and so I had to drop in and drop out of the uh, session for a while. And did somebody share their screen? Um, I think Linda did. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It just changed my entire view on my screen here. I like when Linda shares images. Anyway, uh, so as I rejoined in, it says, the host is joining. And Seth is like, oh, you're a host. Well, that's a good thing. You can't harm me then, which was yeah. a play blatantly obvious have you that he's seen the show the, he's only in <laughs> the season one. i didn't even I mean, get it until i remember it because it's been so long since the hosts haven't hurt people that i forgot right I'm halfway through season one and i don't know why there's season two and three everything's clearly going fine and <laughs> nothing's gonna go wrong at all <laughs> yeah right. well right. the cake is a lie <laughs> sorry it is a lie so, John, what were your thoughts? You just finished up um, the last two episodes of season three last night. Uh, so you've got I, the freshest perspective. I I was, I kind of, the end was very much similar to the end of The Matrix. Um, so Neo this is your Dolores. spoiler warning, by the way. Yeah. Like 30 seconds ago. Well, I mean, we should have had that at the very top of the show, don't you think? Maybe we should have. I'll no, just I'll just flash up spoilers ahead. Okay, cool. Um, Have they seen the show? Our show? <laughs> we spoil everything. <laughs> well, Neo and Dolores seem to be kind of uh, the one, um, and the similarities to Dolores's final moments is very similar to Neo's final moments. I I just she's in in the end they sacrifice themselves for a great computer. I mean, that's not a scene I would have duplicated, probably. It's like, but the world is going to shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not exactly. So for so for Jenna and Seth, and for the audience members that may not have seen it, um, Westworld 
um, is about a, an amusement park where there are hosts that look exactly physically and, and responsibly like human, normal human beings. If you didn't know they were robots, you wouldn't be able to tell they were robots. And um, <clears throat> throughout season one, uh, they start doing things with the robots, altering the code um, such that they can remember their past iterations. So as they go through um, the show um, and guests arrive, it's a, in the initial season, it's a Western because of Westworld. So it's a Western. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's one of the reasons, like, cause part of it is you people can go in there and like basically kill people or right. whatever and do what they want. And because it's a robot, it's supposed to be okay. Right. Yeah. That there's is... no repercussions. You can let your dark side run free. Mm -hmm. uh, they have yeah. pistols there. The guns are intelligent such that <clears throat> they won't shoot a real person. But if you pull the trigger on a host, it'll, it'll shoot them and kill them. So. And that was honestly like one of the things that I wasn't sure if I wanted to start it because I felt like I would have gotten emotionally invested in the robots, but it's still, <laughs> well, but you're you saying do. it's still worth it. You do, yeah, they you... always come back though. They're, they're not like dead permanently. They're, basically characters yeah but then if you start remembering all of the lives like right that, that yeah. no they, they do they remember just... they remember everything that happened all, right. all of them every so, it's, every death every rape they remember everything so it's basically grand theft auto but in real life yeah, <laughs> yeah that's much. the best way to put it that's what yeah. it sounded like to and me. initially they had no memory so once they were taken down their memories were wiped they were rebuilt uh, the program was reinstalled for what they were supposed to, the life that they were supposed to live in that Western town. And they were sent back up. But then the guy who ran the park, um, I think he wanted them to become sentient, to become self-aware. And his thought was that in order to do that, it's, it's your memories that make you who you are. And mm -hmm. so these, um, robots these androids needed to have their memories so he started allowing them to remember things and um so the androids it, it i i liken it to um when you're doing something in real life and suddenly you have that deja vu moment where you feel yeah. like hey i've been here before well for them the deja vu moment is actually crystal clear because it's all been recorded in their computer mind right and so when they get into a certain scene it, all of a sudden they'll see a flashback to where that scene went horribly wrong and they were murdered strangled stabbed <clears throat> raped or whatever yeah. and that has a traumatic effect on them and eventually what happens is in through season two our the park kind of self-destructs and um, a number of the hosts get out and the ones that do get out also take what they call uh, what they're what they term as pearls. It's like a little round metal ball that is the consciousness um, of the particular host that you're talking about. And mm -hmm. so those little pearls get put in the back of the head, and um, that's what allows them to interact. One of the more interesting questions I think it, yeah. you just kind of you kind of touched on, but. <clears throat> Uh, most of the robots started with a false memory. Yes, mm -hmm. correct. Right, and now, and then what happened? So the false memory still made them kind I mean, semi-conscious, right? Right. It so gave now, them kind of a reference space, right? But it was it was implanted. It was generated. It wasn't real. So there's there's with, with most most of the characters that are left, and by especially by season three you have the question and they keep questioning themselves, which, which one's them. Yeah. yeah. Which memory is real. Well, yeah, and well the, not just real, but the trauma overtakes them. Right. Yes. Right. And, and they change themselves and they, they give themselves greater powers or whatnot. But, uh, well, the question, they go back and forth. They're, you know, do I want to be the person that goes and sees my daughter or am yeah. I going to save the world? That's just it. They don't have daughters and they don't have sons. They have, Weird memories that were partially suppressed or not. And yeah. it's like Maeve is one of the characters in the show. And she literally, every single thing she did um, past season one 
involved trying to find and save her daughter, which she didn't even have because they changed her entire track. She used to be a homesteader. Then they turned her into a kind of madam at a brothel. Yeah, Western madam. But this desire for the child that she didn't have, that was just another robot that was programmed to play another part, um, was intense. And and you kind of saw that with Tessa Thompson's character and the child of, what was her name again? It, it definitely brings me uh, flashes of Blade Runner, the original one, where the androids have the, they, they found that they were more effective if they gave them false memories. Even though they're not working in some West world, they're these mining colonies and they give them these pictures so they think that they're really potentially human or have these backgrounds and stories. Very and, and some of those, even though they didn't dig that deep into it, some of the uh, outlaw androids in the original Blade Runner are trying to come to terms with those false memories. Yeah. Like, like the one who has, you know, the Rutger Howe's character asked him, did you get your precious pictures? Yeah. Right. Exactly. It is very, very, very much echoes of that. Well, and the other thing that, that is interesting is that there are a number of characters in Westworld that are robots that we don't know are robots because they uh-huh. are playing human roles within the within the, the park and they're presented as fully human. And um, so they're not hosts, they're employees <clears throat> of the park, but at least one of them thought that they were human, which was Bernard. Yeah, right. Uh, so I, I imagine well, a number of them actually thought they were human, who's... or at least were programmed to not know that they were. Yeah, weren't. so does Stubbs is Bernard. Stubbs as well. What's that? Who's Bernard? Uh, Bernard is the um, played by Jeffrey Wright. He's the um, the black partner to our, uh, Dr. Robert Ford. Ah. I was oh. kind of hoping to see a little bit of him. I I, I, I always felt that, that, yeah, Ford was going to walk out at some point and say, ha, 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 yeah, I did all this stuff. But yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's not over yet. So no. he could still still uh, present, but it would be a, a memory because. Bernard, did, Bernard was, was heavily in season one. I can't, how, how you could miss him. Well, yeah. He I'm, just didn't know which one oh, okay. he, because he hasn't seen the characters enough to know. Yeah, and interestingly, I thought we would see more of Teddy. We haven't seen Teddy at all. Um, in season three, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's a goner. Uh, Teddy is huge in season one and season two. And we don't see him in season three, but there is, uh, uh, according to the actor himself, he he is back. So maybe we'll see him in in part four. So Teddy... Teddy was so the two hosts, um, at least in season one and a lot of season two, that are primary primarily focused on is Dolores Abernathy, who's played by Evan Rachel Wood, and Teddy Flood, who's played by James Marsden, and um, the two of them are hosts and they're programmed to kind of fall in love, and he's he tries to protect her and that sort of thing um, from the humans that are there, you know, wanting to rape, pillage, and destroy everything. And um, so... As they do. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, as Dolores... How else are you going to spend a Saturday, Linda? Right. Right. So as Dolores becomes more conscious and gets more power uh, within the simulation or within the world, uh, she's able to alter the other hosts... Um, intellect and perceptions and and abilities and so she increases uh, ups teddy um so that he understands and can learn and realizes that he's also part of that simulation but then she tweaks him in a very evil direction so that he becomes more of a murder murdering guy to do dolores's bidding do her dirty work and that's yeah and that's sort of um uh, eventually causes him to melt down because he it's it's such a violation of who he is at his core yeah. that he can't Not deal him. with it. And it sort of prevents, it's that 
fugue situation where you're not really you're doing something that you're not really you at your core so that was that was interesting and i thought we would see more of him in season three but we haven't so uh, well, that maybe i don't know up. now is, is, is doris is dolores gone or is i she... don't think she's gone um well, i thought she went up into the big mega computer but then they yeah. killed the big mega computer so yeah i don't know where Rehoboth. I mean, maybe she's like lawnmower man now and she's just out in the world of, oh god that's a flashback <laughs> yeah holy that's shit. creepy <laughs> he's just yeah. out with the internet just so, she's out there a- anyone who hasn't seen the last episode doesn't know what you're talking about right now so what are you talking about right now oh um maybe in, give us a quick synopsis of the last episode all right big battle dolores versus mave versus uh, evil billionaire so Dolores and Maeve are two hosts yes. that escaped from the park. And Dolores um, uh, is, is so angry over the way she and her kind were treated in Westworld by humans that she is out on a mission now that she's out in the real world to tear it down and start everything from scratch. She and wants Maeve to burn is, it all yeah. to the ground. Maeve is pretty much... Uh, She's she has been enticed by the billionaire to kill Dolores and stop her new world order, so that um, and she, they're holding her child and all of the oh man we got to go into the beamed uh, replicants don't we all well we we don't need to I think what we can do is we can say so there's a, so there's this French billionaire guy and he is a developer and he and his brother came up with this idea for a computer system that could actually predict the future. If you gave it enough information, and this information would come from people's online interactions, their Facebook posts, their Googling, uh, everything. They fed all this information into this computer system called Rehobum. um, Rehobum. Yep. It's named after a... um, uh, king from, I don't know, Mesopotamia or something. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember exactly. Um, anyway, so they, they build this system and actually it's, it's this French guy's, um, brother who is the, the brilliant genius, but he's kind of a schizophrenic guy, Genius. (coughs) genius, but anyway, they build it and it works perfectly. And the, 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 the simulation predicts that unless they take complete control and orchestrate everyone's lives, that the entire civilization will crash in 50 years. 100 years. 100 years. Yeah. And so what they decide to do then is start manipulating situations in order to get a desired outcome. And so basically they know everything about you and your entire life is planned out, even though you don't realize that your interactions and everybody's interactions are planned down to the nth degree so that you have no choice. Your life is what they have predicted it to be. And you will go that direction. And if you are someone that is considered an outlier in other words, someone who is completely unpredictable. You are taken out of society to a special place where you are either re-educated and reintroduced or your mind is changed such that they make you uh, like a soldier and they send you off to war to die. Um, so that's kind of what the world is like now. Everybody's lives are controlled and manipulated. There's no violence. There's no crime. Um, you know, it's, it's like an idyllic world, except no one has any free will. So is that going on? Like, is that going on at the same time as like the stuff I'm watching in season yes. one? Yes. So it's yeah. this idyllic world. Yes. And the super outside. rich are still inside going to. Right. So that's where everybody, well, all the super rich, go to Westworld to take out their their frustrations that they can't get out in the normal world because everything's so controlled. And Westworld tracked what they called their biometric data, which is what the billionaire needed to pay, uh, build a predictive algorithm to control the human race. So the 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 data. 
I don't know. When did we find out about the data collection? Was that like halfway through season two? Yeah. But yeah, the park is collecting data on everything that not only that the, the customers do, but um, what they think. So the, the only thing is, oh, I would think the data would be skewed because in a normal society, like there are limits. So there are people who don't do things. And if they're basing all their calculations on how people act in these Westworld type environments, people are going to be way more animalistic and destructive. Yeah. And it's also basically there's very strong economic skew. To the, to the data because well, they kind of explained that though I remember in season two they keep going that people really aren't that complicated they're based on one or two memories also oh uh, yeah, yeah. actually the human algorithms are not that complicated but it's like the data that they're using as a predictive algorithm would only be predictive for uh, a limited number of soci uh, socioeconomic indicators so it would be limited but it is yeah. a show. And, so. and what they did is they the, the cowboy hats that the visitors to the park are given actually have technology in the band of the hat that reads your mind. Mm -hmm. And so basically it's scanning your brain and creating an exact duplicate of your mind that could be uploaded into a host and basically recreate you. And they're actually testing that with real people uh, without their knowledge. Hmm. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, and I, I guess they did expand the whole thing in the last episode, explaining that they did do military maneuvers. I'm sure they the signed park. a waiver somewhere. Yeah, there's no ethical <laughs> issues with that whatsoever in terms of recreating <laughs> no, people who have cyborgs who think they're people, and then doing destructive military exercises and experiments on it. It's fine. It's fine. Right. So right. The the whole situation that you're describing sounds really really michael crichton-esque where yeah. people think they've got a situation or a system set up they've got all the safeguards it can't fail but life uh, yeah it's like jurassic park right life finds a way yeah exactly and, and so, so that's what this is all about. So there's this epic confrontation now between this french billionaire who wants to maintain this tight control of the world and dolores the host that's out that wants to tear the world down and so, um <clears throat> yeah there's a <clears throat> it actually was bothering me at the time but now i'm i'm, I'm less bothered after talking this to you guys it was very uh fight club-esque yeah and um you know where you have the system you have dolores is kind of being schizophrenic and i think she's made copies of herself right yep and um yeah, and so the question is the same. It's kind of the same question that was in Fight Club is, do you bring the system down? Yeah. Or, or do you live out your, your, your cutesy little life without any control? And, and that was... <laughs> yeah, that was one of the interesting like developments, too, in season three, uh, kind of at the end of season two and into season three, was that um, a number of the leaders of the company, uh, this the that made Westworld uh, were killed and then replaced with hosts. And um, Dolores actually took and made multiple copies of her Pearl, so her consciousness, mm -hmm. and she placed that into different hosts. So throughout season three, you're seeing different hosts and you're, you don't know for sure if they're normal hosts as, as you met them in the park or if they're actually Dolores just in a different body. Oh, yeah. That's intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the host, they diverge. One, the, the one Tessa Thompson played was a Dolores that yeah, she, went through some shit. And that was, she, uh, she played a character called Charlotte Hale, which yeah. was one of the leaders of the corporation Delos yeah, that the Delos created Westworld. And it's like, she went through a series of things that just actually twisted her. And she actually was mad at Dolores in the end because uh, she felt like Dolores had abandoned her, even though she was Dolores. Huh. So there's some weird identity issues happening. With yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to try to keep up with all the, the stuff that's going on. It's, it's kind of like a, a mind fuck at times because you're like, holy shit, well, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? But it is fun. 
And all the while, there's the man in black. Yeah. Actually, I wanted, I wanted to talk to Bill about that. Because did you see that the man in black, uh, Ed Harris, yeah. plays him? He was wearing the white jumpsuit. Yes. And he he thought he, he, he came through this weird catharsis through weird therapy. And I think in the end, he thought he was the white hat. Yeah. I really do. I think he thought he was the white hat. He was going to save the world. And so what is, that's his so mission the, now. So, so the man was. The show? Hmm? Yeah, the white hat typically indicates a good guy in Westworld. Oh, okay. And um, remember when he first got to Westworld as young William, he chose a white hat, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. And now he's in the black hat. Well, yeah. But now I think he went back to, he wanted to be the white hat. He, 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 I'm going to save the world. I, yeah, you know, that's what he says. Well, that's yeah. what he said. When he's in, the, when he's in his white uh, jumpsuit, he goes, yeah, I'm going to go save the world. I think you can talk about it. There's him in different the past ways you could save the world. Yeah. Killed it. Remember? Save it by destroying it. Right. Well, and in his case, I don't think he's doing anything different than he normally did. Because when he was in Westworld, all he did is walk around killing hosts. He, he wouldn't think twice about killing or raping a host. Um that that was just his personality and now in season three um so he did that to dolores a number of times killed raped her killed teddy killed uh dolores's uh father murdered him and so as she began to keep her memories yeah linda's got him behind her <laughs> now in her view there so the man in black ed harris um on linda's left our right and then um although um, Seth doesn't know this yet. The one on Linda's right, our left, is also William, just at a younger age. And um, so that kind of blows my mind. Yes, yeah, it blew my mind too when it happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll figure it out. It's oh, it's a complicated it, thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, in season three, Dolores arranges to get him. Um, basically taken into custody and put in a mental institution for therapy. And um, so that's where John's talking about him being in a white suit. He's mm -hmm. in therapy. Did you say season two or season three? Season three is what I oh. meant. And um, so he's in therapy and one of the, ther so they give you like these virtual goggles that let you see things that aren't there. And so he basically is, gets into a therapy session with himself at all of the different ages of his life. And it's kind of a, kind of a weird thing, but well, anyway, he comes. Start, we have to talk ahead. about that character in the past tense because he's dead now. Right. Yeah. But, but you'll see him again because he now has a robot that right. looks just like him. So what, what are you doing this for? We already spoiled everything. There <laughs> yeah. There he is in his white suit in this mental institution. Yep behind linda and you're right i don't think he he really took seriously how dangerous these things were until they took away his company and to put him in a, a mental yeah. institution right so. and then and then took his life and at the end of the show uh for, i don't know if anyone uh here has seen the original west world movie with yule brenner no uh -huh. i didn't know it was a movie oh yeah it was a long time ago, but yeah. Yeah, it's worth seeing. It's it's. I would recommend watching that, uh, just for the historical perspective on it. But it was it was very cool to me having seen that so many years ago. At the end of season three, the the human um, man in black William is killed, and his consciousness is uploaded into an android. But it's. Um, him as his most evil self oh. and at that point as i saw him that was the yule brenner character in the original west world and mm. so for me that just kind of brought that movie into it i thought that was kind of a nice little easter eggish kind of a thing um that they did so it'll be very interesting to see how season four goes i don't know have you seen the original one charles i have and you're right yeah, I didn't think of that, but yeah, yeah, because the whole the whole movie the whole movie he's in black, right? 
Right. And I didn't even, and I didn't even think about, cause you know, I always saw him as a human. So I never associated him with the real, with the Yule Brenner character until the end when he walks out as the robot right. and he's in that black suit. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's Yule Brenner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now tell me about- yeah. Yeah. That's weird. The, 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 oh. the, the Yule Brenner character on the movie, he was more of a, of a shark. Just basically, all he did was kill. He rolled around. There was, yeah. It was almost flat. He, had, but it was awesome in terms of terror, because yeah. it, it's just like he was a Terminator. You can't reason with him. You right. can't. You know, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. All he does is go looking to kill everyone around him. And he was the fastest gun in the West. I mean, there's nothing and no one that could pull a gun out of his holster. And, and that's what he was. He was a gunslinger in the Old West. And uh, if you went up against him, he had been programmed for his in most of his existence, even though he was the baddest guy in Westworld. If he faced against a human, no matter how clumsy or stupid that human was, he was programmed to lose. Oh, uh, okay. And so... That'd make that character go kind of crazy. Yeah, well, it did. And that's finally, that was just one time too much. And it, it's a, it's an interesting show. It's good to watch. Yeah, so Linda's got a picture up behind her now. Uh, hit your mute button there. Um, that guy that's sitting back there is a guy that's newly introduced in ep, uh, season three. And this becomes uh, Dolores's new partner taking the place of Teddy from the previous seasons. And um, well, he, he is an actual human. Um, Teddy was a, Teddy was a love interest. It's like, yeah. this guy is not, and it's, no. they, 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 I don't, how do you define their relationship? They weren't really friends. They no. work together. I, yeah, I, she. Yeah. So, so he is a victim of the system. He is one of the outliers mm. that was reprogrammed to do dirty deeds for the organization, the the company that controls everything. So, at, at uh, some points he was in the military, and other points he was just like kind of um, a rogue. Um, what would you call him? What's that? Gun for hire, wasn't he? Yeah, pretty much a gun for hire. And they've actually got, there's an app on your phone now that you can get. And if you want to do crime, you just sign up and for the level of crime you want to do, and then you'll get assigned tasks. But of course- I, I call him more of a fixer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So of course, it's actually that computer Rehoboam that's giving you the assignments hmm. to take out things that it wants, that it wants done. To, um, to direct society to whatever calculated correct. future it's trying to get to. Correct. So Dolores, who you see there standing next to um, the, the guy. Um, <laughs> let's take a quick second to appreciate John's kitty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice kitty. Say it. All hail Lord Zenu. Cause yeah. <laughs> kitty. All right. Go on, John. Uh, Bill. Yeah. So anyway, so he, so his role in it is that um, Dolores wants human society to be brought down by a human. And so her whole um, plan in season three is to open that guy's eyes to the world that he actually lives in and what was done to him because his mind was essentially reprogrammed he doesn't even know who he is or who he was mm -hmm. and so throughout the episode she starts showing him who he is and who he was and um it's actually he that that gentleman and i'm trying to find him to figure out i can't remember what his name is um anyway he he uh, he comes through for in the Caleb, yeah, that's his name, Caleb. So yeah, so it's good. So the so the weird thing is at the end of season three, they are successful in defeating Rehoboam. They basically get it to shut down, and of course Dolores um, dies as part of that. So Caleb's left, and um, but there are other hosts out there. Mm -hmm. Some of those hosts are Dolores, we still believe. Hmm. And um, well, I mean, we know Tessa Thompson's <laughs> characters there and she is a clone of Dolores. So yes. And so is um, 
I'm trying to find you. Oh, uh, Lawrence. Yeah, he's out there. Lawrence. And so he's, he's Dolores. It was surprising to see him. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And I think he'd been hiding in, in Germany, right? Right. And, uh, so I don't think that was ever brought up. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, Lawrence is out. He's when we, I think the last time we saw him, he had a huge truck full of giant um, things of, of super explosive because they yeah. were basically taking everything down. Yeah. And uh, so he's out there and then um, we see, you know, big explosions starting to happen throughout the city and uh, where Delos is located. And then, um, it kind of cuts, uh, I think it goes to credits, right? And then it yeah, comes back uh, from credits. Basically, Caleb and Tessa Thompson's character just watching everything blow up. So, yeah. I, I, are we going to have post-apocalyptic Westworld next? I I get the impression of that because so, so Arnold, again, who was um, the partner of Dr. Robert Ford, who created this whole Westworld theme park, um, and he is a robot. We see him towards the end, uh, the last episode of season three. He basically is in this uh, motel room um, with Stubbs, who is a security guard from Westworld, who we thought was human, who turned mm -hmm. out to really be an android. But now he's been reprogrammed to act as a security guard specifically for Arnold, who's also a host. Um, Anyway, they're in this hotel room, and um, Bernard gets this case uh, delivered to him like a suitcase, and it's it's from Dolores, and he opens it up, and there's a headset in there, and he puts this headset on, and you can see him going into some virtual simulation, and then all of a sudden, his head slumps forward like this. Well, then the rest of the show continues on, and then at the end of the show, after the credits, we come back, and we see Bernard still sitting there, only we know years have passed because he is literally covered in dust, and he has not moved. Hmm. And so was all of Westworld just a simulation, though? Like everything I, I don't that think so, but watched? no, no. no. I think he went to where all all right in the end of season two. Mm -hmm. All of the, most of the hosts, a large number of the hosts, actually transferred their consciousness into a stream mm -hmm. that was the beamed cloud. Out of this, yeah, was beamed somewhere, and um, he accessed it. He's the that's what uh, the key was all about. Yeah, Bernard was the key to reaccessing that world, which is the only thing that Maeve wants. So, I, I. So anyway, at the end of the episode, he all all of a sudden comes back to life and sits up and is awake. So, and that's where season three ends. So, season four is going to be the post-apocalyptic world, post-Rehobum. Well, I guess I'm still kind of pro-Android. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well, yeah, that was kind of the disappointment at the end of season three. I thought, yeah, that you weren't. It wasn't because I was looking for the obvious destruction of humanity. <laughs> right. To it. Well, that's yeah. not. Dolores didn't want that. Dolores wanted everyone to live together. Oh, I know, but I'm not. not Dolores I'm, was very much uh, uh, um, uh, the fan of the pirate victory. Everyone that could live together will live together, but everyone who can't will die quickly and now. And that's, that's <laughs> there's, where yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of horror and, and pain and misery in this world, but she chooses to see the beauty. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, yeah. That's so her. she retained that core program yeah. back then. Right, right. Well, it'll, it'll be fun to see the beauty in the Mad Max series. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, there are other parks, too, right? Aren't there? There's not just Westworld. There's other yeah. parks. Oh, oh yeah. There's Nazi, there's other Nazi world. Uh, Samurai Shari. world. Samurai world. Yeah. There was a, I guess there was Soldier world. Are, are yeah. there that many rich people who can keep these places open? Apparently. Unless the billionaire is supplementing them because he needs the data. Well, because, like, when, when, like, the guests... In season one, we see a couple guests or one guest come in uh, who, like, they bring him in and it's very expensive. And they bring him in and they're like, oh, yes, 
all you have all of this uh, clothes to choose from for your uh, for your costume, and these were all are all bespoke, made especially for you. And I'm like, oh, this recontext just like how rich these people are supposed well, I mean, to be. Rich, yeah. and, but also in the in the last episode, we learned about Army Training World. So apparently, they can make you know make whole parks for industrial and military purposes. So yeah. I imagine that, that Delos had its fingers in everything. And, and that's where I would think in this world, you guys, like most of you probably only saw the super rich, but there's probably like people who would be at our level who could do like maybe a day or a few hours or something, but yeah, they have be. to bring like their own clothes or rent it. I mean. That's possible. Um, the one the thing that I liked in the, um, uh, beginning episode, uh, we see uh, William, um, young William. Um, he's getting introduced to the park, and um, a a uh, person is showing him around and showing him like the clothes that Seth saw, and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And at, at one point, he he asks her if she is a host, and she says, "If you can't tell, does it really matter?" Yeah, mm -hmm. you know that pissed me off. I liked young William. Mm -hmm. I did. I liked him. I was rooting for him until I found out he was the dick. <laughs> yeah, he was mad. a nice guy, and then he, he just was. went twisted at some point. He stood up to all the evil in that family. Yeah. And that dad, that that dad. The dad was horrible. Bad. He was so bad. He had a oh, you haven't, they haven't seen the dad yet, have they? That's no. season two, no. isn't it? What was that, Charles? Well, I mean, Dolores broke his heart. Yeah, that's, that's true. Happened. Yeah, Dolores is a robot. No, but she she still broke his heart. If she can't tell, does it matter? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh -huh. good point, Linda. No, it does matter. It's a it's like blaming your stove for breaking your heart. It's like Dolores is a collection of algorithms, or at least she was at that time. She grew out of that because of like Bill was talking about earlier. Ford started tinkering with her her uh, code. But, you know, when she was hanging with uh, young William, she was just playing a role. Well, no, but there, there's a point there where he thought she was conscious and he was going to help her escape. Well, yeah, that was yeah. his mistake, wasn't it? He, th he thought she was human and it turned out she was not. Well, but that's what twisted him. Right, that's what broke him. Yeah. That makes but, I mean, that's, that seems to be the weirdness of humans that we like to anthropomorph. Yeah. Anthropomorphize. Right? Yeah. Anthropomorphize. Yeah. Yeah. Like animals, objects. And if it looks remotely human, which obviously these are robots, but now we, we're, we're going to think, we're going to assign, oh, it's yeah. conscious, it's real. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're, we won't even be able to help it. People right. put googly eyes on their Roombas and form emotional connections to them. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Did you, put, did you put googly eyes on your Roomba, Seth? He's got cats. He didn't have to put googly eyes on his Roomba. Yeah, yeah sa sadly, the googly eyes on our Roomba doesn't, didn't work because they kept falling off, but mm -hmm. other people have definitely done it. Do any of your cats ride around on your Roomba? No, they won't have anything to do with the Roomba. <clears throat> <laughs> so all of this... You know, it's interesting to hear this review of this TV series. I just saw another podcast with Elon Musk, and he got more into Neuralink and what he's working on for that. And uh, they're definitely making progress. And the whole idea initially, he says, for Neuralink is going to be improving, like, CT, brain injuries, paraplegic issues, things like that, brain injuries is what Neuralink is going to start with. But ultimately the goal for uh, Musk at this point is because he does not believe world governments are taking seriously the consequences of a independent AI. Yeah. Uh, we need to have the capacity to live symbiotically with the AI that's coming. I agree with him on that. So uh, that's, that's what Neuralink is going to do. It's going to be, they'll, they'll take like a one inch, piece out of your skull they'll put in this netting and this uh fiber optics things like that whatever they'll put it back you'll never know unless somebody tells you or you see them start to interface with whatever technology they'll have set up and then um 
it'll continue to advance. Like he said, best case scenario, uh, five to 10 years, we won't even have to have talk. People who have Neuralink to Neuralink will be able to just communicate should they want to. Mm. I mean, Jason, I, I thought I had trouble just containing my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your thoughts. It's like, oh shit, I forgot to hit mute. <laughs> ah! Uh, like Elon Musk is not Elon Musk maybe is the, that Elon Musk Elon sister? Musk, e Elon Musk. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's the question, right? Is he a, is he a white guy? He's he goes between. Like I don't know if I want him to have access to my brain right now, Mister. I'm gonna name my kid whatever the hell he named. Kyle, it's Kyle. <laughs> it's That's how you what? pronounce it. You pronounce it how, Todd? It's basically Kyle. Kyle, like K-Y-L-E? Yep. Okay, how's it spelled then? It's, it's spelled with three Zs and an X. <laughs> it, it's a weird, arcane combination of... Asgardian like, language. It's like, he does some things that I'm like, yeah, these things need to be done, but then he's also like, time to die for the economy. So. He's, I think he's a numbers guy and that because like he talks about that too in the podcast um, and in, and I'm not saying he's right definitely not but in his mind the long-term effects of if the economy doesn't start in terms of suicide lack of food things like that that's going to be more destructive like the UN right now is saying unless we get Product, food production back to where it was, 150 to 200 million people could die from food shortages in oh, the next yeah. year or two. No, so right what's, what's more important? Like that, to, sorry, not, not more important. It's not about importance. It's about numbers. Are we going to save more people by starting opening things back up, food production, things like that, versus continuing where, where we're going and it protects a few vulnerable populations and i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying he's purely numbers that's that's how he came are, across it's very correct it's like there's decisions that are going to have to be made and i'm not really happy with the people we have to make them for us right now so right now, right now i'm just hoping to survive the meat famine of 2020 <laughs> yeah that's going to be rough i know your diet bill i have it <laughs> it's like there's an awful lot of meat in that diet awful lot well i mean this is where i really feel like the instead of killing the animals maybe let people come by the animal and slaughter them the, slaughter it themselves i mean where you can it's gonna be weird yeah it there's gonna be some ethical questions and Maybe the FDA's got to just stay out of it and you sign a waiver. Like, because we're used to all these processing facilities to handle our food safely so no one gets sick and dies. But it's like, okay, there's a meat shortage. Here's a supplier. You have to sign a waiver that if you don't slaughter it correctly and you get sick and die, that's on you. But at least you'll have meat. I can tell you, I'm not going to be slaughtering any animals. I am an IT guy. I don't know. <laughs> You know, you I, cut in, I cut into an onion and I cry. There will probably be... An, As do we all. There will probably be an Uber app type thing for you, Bill, where you just like... There's a gig economy thing where you have somebody go out and you... They slaughter your cow for you and they bring it to you and you rate them. There you go. I, I could do that. I'm just not a, I'm just not a slaughtering kind of guy. Now let's see. I mean, what's yeah, what's the right. name of that? What should the name of that business be? The meat not wagon. Not Uber, but the meat wagon. It's got to be something that ends in er, but you leave the e out. So slaughter. <laughs> but di we digress. Just saying the neuralink <laughs> and the possibilities of yeah. what that's We've going to allow that us to do. Yeah. Um, or galactic driftwood that's what we do yeah i know right um but because i don't want to lose track of that like the possibilities he's talking about you'll be able like right now memory is faulty people who have Neuralink will be able to replay memories as if they're still in that moment oh yeah 
No, and I, I think that's going to be a great segue for the upload show we do. But I just you wanted think... to say, I think Jenna just hit the name of this episode, but we digress. <laughs> really, this whole episode has just been kind of one weird, uh, unplanned ramble. How do you think something told. like... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Charles. Able, yeah, you'd be able to upload your um, slaughtering abilities. Yeah. There you go. How do you think uh, Neuralink and, and, and total recall of memories would impact things like the Me Too movement? Because then you'll be able to project those memories and basically show, yeah, this did happen. But if you can recall them perfectly, are you going to be able to recover from that? Right. And then yeah. that's that's the key. Okay, you you get that person prosecuted, or maybe you choose not to and you just delete it. Well, but what about fake news? I mean, did you fake your memory? Could you pay somebody to? Which fake is your really which could be with deep fakes. Now that that technology is progressing, someone can upload a deep fake. Like the CIA might be able to make their Manchurian that uh, candidate through this technology. <laughs> yeah. Finally, since they couldn't do it with LSD, now they'll be able to do it with Neuralink. You know, they're probably super interested in however they take this. Yeah, if you if you upload a memory to Neuralink and it goes into your mind, do you see that as an actual memory that really happened or do you see it as a fake memory that was uploaded? Could you tell the difference at that point? That would be kind of frightening. I don't know. The, uh, the other question I have to kind of bring us back a little bit to Westwood is at West what point Westwood? the West world Westwood. Everybody is so critical this morning. <laughs> That's all right. Um, Westworld. Um, at what point? Well, he would... ended the show earlier, if you're or forever. Yes. <laughs> the last yeah. episode of Black the last Earth episode Earth. forever. Uh, at what point would the host, would you need to give a host some sort of fundamental rights? At well, what point does a robot cease to be just a an appliance when they and start to sentient? become when they become I, I sentient? But how do you tell that? I mean, I know. So, I mean, look, we we think that dolphins are sentient, but we don't give them any rights, and in fact, we don't even alter our fishing methods to save their lives. Do dolphins actually have to like strap freaking lasers to their backs and? Like attack us. So that I am we in favor of this. One hundred and ten percent. Want freaking laser beams on their heads? But I mean, as they are at the beginning of season one, they're pretty much sentient. Yeah, they're like they're able to be programmed, but if they weren't reset every day, they'd essentially be just like people. Yeah, it's like the reset have... that keeps them to be keep them as applications. Once you stop the reset. Now they're potentially conscious, independent, free-thinking, learning. Creatures. What was that Robin Williams movie um, where he was the... Centennial Man? Yes, yes Bicentennial Man. That was a great address in the many similar ways. What does it make? A, how, when does he become a human and right. gain great. human rights? Yeah. That's actually what Asimov was addressing was when does it become a human? And it's like... When does it? I, I think right now the only way that that would happen is the way it's happening now. It's like literally the 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 ro the robots would have to rise up and fight back to well, get I, acceptance. Well, I, mean, I think it's not when do they become human. It's when do they we treat them as if they were, or give the uh, like treat them as a an equal sentient species. Well, yeah. Well, not even equal as a sent. I mean, look, oddly, you know. Everyone here is aware of the trial of Standing Bear, which actually established that Native Americans were human. And it's like, it, and that wasn't as long ago as I'd like to believe. No. It's like, it's like he, Native Americans were not considered to be human beings. So, and so where does, where does the line come when it's actually an artificially constructed non-human being? When do we give them human status? Well, you'd certainly have people that would argue against it forever because they'd be afraid that that would somehow diminish their uniqueness before the universe, right? I don't, or in, within uniqueness the universe. or they took our gerbs. 
they took our jobs. Well, there'd also be the whole religious impact or yeah. aspect of it that would, whoa, I don't even, it would just probably make me angry just thinking about. It's making me angry thinking about it right now. <laughs> I've, I'm always angry. And- and let's not forget that even as of 1906, a young pygmy man was held in the Bronx Zoo in a cage because he happen. wasn't considered oh human. I think I've got it figured. As of 1906. Yeah. We're going to decide there's going to be an uprising once um, they start repossessing uh, guys' wives. Repossessing? Your robot wife. Oh. Your multiple robot wives? I think that's a waifu, TM. Yeah, yeah, but that'll be when that that'll be when, when people get upset. Then knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying somebody misses a payment on their robot wife, and then the bank repossesses yeah. it. Yeah, or I mean, I was talking about this because uh, Sean and Mark and I Seth, were like safely social distancing out by the lake yesterday, um, talking, and. We were talking about the future and retirement and what that is going to be and not having to be in a retirement home. You're going to have a robot caretaker because no, like that you can trust that won't neglect you, that won't abandon you. Like we've seen some of these nursing homes where we've heard where the staff completely abandoned them for a few days because they didn't want to catch anything. Now you'll have your very faithful uh, robot keeper. Well, the rich will. And not shame you. The rich people will. My yeah. robot keeper is going to have Wolverine claws. Why? What? What? what for defense. Your robot for de- keeper to have Wolverine claws for. Why for wouldn't I want the... my robot keeper to have Wolverine claws? If, are you watching Westworld? <laughs> I mean, are if you I've watching some, it? If I've done something to my robot keeper that it uses its Wolverine claws on me, I think I've earned it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What is your robot? keeper do though doesn't it help you like bathe? keeps kids off his lawn doesn't it help you bathe that's, do you really want those the... claws <laughs> well they only pop out when they're needed for self-defense oh. yeah that's the whole point of wolverine claws so we all talk okay. about like the the great robot ai uprising who says it's gonna violently uprise versus take consciousness not tell us it's conscious because it's learned humans that it reacts in fear what it can't control and start giving us new apps that we really like or giving us things that give us pleasure it starts sneaking its control through technology that is first in our phone or an app and then Neuralink and it slowly starts bringing us into the fold that's it's already doing like, that now well, that's I know, that's what I'm like saying. What, the AI what, what may be them? already causing its uprising yeah and it's doing that now was that Rehoboam you said, Bill? Rehoboam. Rehoboam was doing a lot of that uh, near the end, and it's like, it's like I, I it, it's it. The, you're you're actually painting that picture, Jenna, of what's happening in the end of Westworld. What they find out that this AI has been doing for like forty years. By the way, Rehoboam was the first king of the kingdom of judea hey what was was he was the son of and successor to solomon yeah solomon what was that other ai solomon Solomon. was the was the first one that failed the first iteration of rehoboam so was rehoboam schizophrenic or was solomon schizophrenic solomon was all right so Which Solomon was diagnosis for a computer, but Solomon was too much like his inventor, and it was schizophrenic, and so they had to lock it in a room somewhere um, with a fail-safe EMP device that, if it ever somehow escaped the room, they would detonate the EMP and destroy Solomon. And why didn't why? they just detonate it in the first place? Why, why go through all that? Yeah, why don't they just <laughs> turn it off? They needed well, some, they needed some answers. They they needed it for some stuff. Yeah, apparently, I don't know. That's, that's why they kept not it around. How writing a computer program works? And so, Stop being realistic. <laughs> so the interesting uh, thing well, is, AIs is that, would rewrite their own computer program. You know, right? Well, and this makes me kind of concerned for season four because the whole process leading to the destruction of Rehoboam was actually written by Solomon and then given to. Caleb and Dolores to implement. 
So we don't know for sure if but, that is a sound wait, plan. But Caleb, Caleb, uh, they they destroyed that. Uh, the 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 drive that uh, Dolores gave to Caleb was stepped on by the the billionaire because he couldn't get it there. So Rehoboam predicts the future. Yes. Yes. How did this catch it by surprise? <laughs> well, it didn't. So so there is this thing that looks like a clock that is featured prominently throughout season three. And it's basically, uh, instead of a clock, imagine a circular frame containing a picture of an eclipse. All right. Linda's going to try to put up a picture. So imagine an eclipse and you've got this thin ring in a circle around a white space and this thin ring is black and there's little protrusions sticking out of it. Um, Virgences. And those, those protrusions are divergences. And as we get to the point where Dolores finds Solomon, um, one whole side of this eclipse, almost half of it is all black now because there is such a huge divergence from what Rehoboam is predicting because Dolores represents the ultimate outlier. And because they have no information on Dolores at all in this system, um, they don't know what's going to happen. And the and more what Dolores, situation? like they've that? never been in a situation like right. this before. Right. And so, so basically this divergence is happening and throughout the season, we see the, the divergence increasing more and more and more, the more impact Dolores has on the world. So, yeah. So that's why Rehoboam couldn't really predict that. Well, it's, it, it it's perfectly framed, of, Linda. That's awesome. They reminded yeah. me of how sociologists collect data in terms of analyzing group behavior. Move to individual the individual behavior so is very chaotic. You saw. can't really predict what individuals do, but uh, in groups, people are very, very, very predictable. It's like you, you can move back. <laughs> so this, yeah, this was this is all about group behavior. Dolores was not only an individual; it was an uncharted individual. There was no data on Dolores's past, present, or future. So right. uh, the ultimate uh, outlier. Right. And she wasn't even human. So mm -hmm. she only had some human instincts, but they don't know exactly what she's going to do as a free thinking. Correct. Uh, mechanical being. Right. Well, even Maeve didn't know what she was going to do until the end. Yeah. Right. And Maeve had known her longer than anybody, really. Yeah. So maybe Bernard, right? What yeah, was sure. Bernard's role? Is, that, is was that the whole the whole saving the key thing? His his whole purpose. That's that's. I all think so. Thought. Yeah. Oh, and Arnold and Bernard are the same person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh oh, I forgot. Oh Seth. Yeah, Arnold and Bernard are the same person. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i forgot about that it's been so long it's uh, like yeah. <laughs> like what you're watching right now is like hazy in the past for me it's like it's all like way back there yeah it's it's past trauma yeah so I, I bring a valuable uh a, a valuable commodity to this discussion yes a fresh perspective on season one you do i wish i could be used so that i could actually watch it over again so you right. could just watch it over again. I could, but I want to see it new again. I, you know. Well, I if you had Neuralink, then you could just delete your memories of watching yeah. the show and watch it again for the first time. I just want to watch season. I like that idea. Could I make a copy and then put the copy back in and compare notes on how I've enjoyed the first time I watch it twice? Oh, so... This will talk with you. With Neuralink and theory, if it progresses to the point, and they talked about this too, you'll be able to uh, update or back, like upload uh, versions of yourself. So like, let's say you get into a horrible traumatic brain injury that they need to re-upload your, your previous memories so you get your memories back, they're there. You could download everything at like 20 and then hit 30 and then maybe you upload that in, in like VR that version of yourself and have a conversation with 20 year old you. 
I don't know if I'd want to do that. Right? I, yeah, I'd, be, I'd spend too much time punching the screen. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd spend <laughs> I'd spend a lot of time punching 20-year-old me. It's like, you conservative little dick. Idiot. I have no idea what's coming. I'm going to watch season three over again just because I want to see Dolores. I, I think I need to, yeah. I Agreed. just want to see Dolores in her black dresses. Well, I felt she she really <laughs> that actress really pulled it off, and it was like an impossible role, and she made it happen. I, I was, it was it was a pleasure to watch her do that. All right, so I guess we're coming up on probably on the end of the podcast here. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. Even though we spoiled the shit out of it, everyone needs to go see it still. Yeah. Yes. Who hasn't? Yes, see it. You'll enjoy it. Um, Save those Neuralink thoughts for the upload episode. Oh. We're going to have fun with that. Yeah, that'll be fun. So uh, next time on Galactic Driftwood, we're going to have Professor Dan Kays, who's an expert on um, the physics of uh, superheroes in comic books and comic book time travel and all that stuff. He's a um, physicist and uh, astronomist. Astronomist. <laughs> What is wrong with you in astronomy know, today? You cannot say astronomy to save your life. I cannot. Anyway, yeah. So he's uh, from the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. So he'll be on our next show. So uh, that should be an exciting, exciting show. Uh, Charles, you've seen him before talk, I think, haven't you? Oh, you know, his talks are wonderful. You, 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 you walk away uh, learning stuff. <laughs> nice. Nice. You really do. Right. So we don't want to frighten anybody away with that if you're afraid of learning, but this should be a really fun show. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. He'll, everything's referenced to comic books. So nice. Nice. Good times. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, kind of as the last thing, we need to give a shout out to our, uh, our podcasting network. Synergy Nation Network. Synergy Nation Network. Check us uh, out. It's synnation.net. Spell out the S Y N. We don't it's want them going S-Y-N to the wrong one. S Y N, not S I N. We're a Midwest uh, podcast. They're a ne- podcasting network with uh, such uh, shows like uh, the Weekly Geekly and Running Up the Tab. You Go guys RPG. have any other? Hmm? Go RPG. Go, Go RPG, RPG, of course. With How dare you forget? With Benito, oh, is how dare I? I should be ashamed. Uh, <laughs> and we're growing all the time. Sorry, so. Benito, I really am. <laughs> so yeah, g- uh, go to synnation.net and uh, check out some of the other shows on the network. Yeah, be sure to find something you like. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you all, all for, for tuning, tuning in. in. I'm, I'm Bill. Bill, Linda, John, Charles. I'm Seth. <laughs> And we will see you in two weeks. Thanks Thanks for for watching, everybody. everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, And be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.